Coming up on this week's Eastern Conference edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. We've reached the halfway mark of the season, so it's a great time to look back at the expectations that were set and what we've actually seen in reality on the ice. Plus, the Philadelphia Flyers have won four in a row. Are they for real or some fugazis? We'll have all those conversations and more on today's edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome back. It's the Locked On NHL podcast every Wednesday. I'm Ross Levitan, alongside Mike DeStefano, covering the Eastern Conference. Five days a week, you can catch me over at Locked On Ottawa Senators. Mike is at Locked On Maple Leafs. Our teams are depressing. They can't hold leads. We'll have those conversations right off the bat, but also a lot to get into covering from the Metropolitan to the Atlantic, as we do each and every week. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Mike, four in a row, the Leafs have dropped. What the heck is going on? Not only they dropped four in a row, but they've held leads in all four of those games and have relinquished them to their opponents, the Islanders. Uh, last night was to Edmonton. Prior to that was to the Red Wings and to the Avalanche. So you're giving them up to teams that are playoff caliber squads obviously but that doesn't make me feel any better because that just means that well maybe Toronto's just not as good as them and uh it, there's a lot of angst right now within Leafs Nation and you know there's some uncomfortability I think with with Sheldon Keefe as the head coach at this point and his seat is really starting to get warm um you know with with this stretch here where the team has really really uh just kind of blown leads and doing a lot of it by just shooting themselves in the foot. Is it still goaltending? Cause I know Ilya Samsonov was sent down. He's been recalled or is this a full team collapse? No, it's, it's, it's a full team collapse. Like you, you go and you look at the goals and a lot of the time it's a turnover in their own end. They fail to clear the puck, blown coverage, miss the guy, leaving someone all alone out in front. Like this isn't, you know, flub goals uh, being scored. Like, yeah, there's a couple. Like, last night in the game against Edmonton, there was a goal uh, that opened the scoring for the Oilers for them to get on the board. Dry sidle, just a little backhand on net that you don't want to go in. Like, it's a bad goal. There's no easy way to sugarcoat it. But ultimately, they're getting outworked. And it seems like Toronto, just in the back half of these games, are not playing with the same level of urgency as the opposition is. That was very evident in their loss to the Oilers, very evident in their loss to the Avalanche the other night. And even in Detroit, you know, I, I thought that Detroit outplayed them in the third period and, you know, came back and ultimately won the game in regulation. You know, the Leafs, when you are leading by two goals, three goals uh, in some cases uh, at points of these hockey games, you got to be able to get points out of those games. And, you know, They've got one measly little pity point out of those four games. So it, it has not gone well of late. Um, and, and, you know, it's it, there's a lot of conversation right now in Leafland when it comes to whether or not Sheldon Keefe is, uh, is the guy or should be the guy behind the bench moving forward. You're on mute. 
That's a conversation I'm sure you guys will be having on Locked On Maple Leafs every single day, Monday through Friday. That's where you can find Mike DiStefano with Dave Morasuti. But I can tell you, a coaching change doesn't always solve issues, as the Ottawa Senators know firsthand. They also blew a multi-goal lead to the Colorado Avalanche just on Tuesday night. They were up two goals, five minutes left in the second period, and then five unanswered goals. And this isn't the first time, even in this week, that they've given up multi-goal leads. So something's in the water here in Ontario because both of our teams stink. The only difference is the Leafs have eight loser points. The Ottawa Senators are the only team in the league that have zero. They've only been to over... They've only been to overtime three times this year and twice was in Sweden. <laughs> That's crazy. That's actually wild. Um, yeah, the, the Leafs, they seem to love overtime. That's another conversation that's kind of starting to spill over is you look at the amount of ice time that their stars are playing, the Matthews, the Marner, uh, Nylander, Tavares has played a lot too. And the question right now is starting to, to, to percolate. It's like, okay, is a reason why maybe they're – losing steam later in games and giving up these leads is because they're just, they've played way too much hockey. Not only are they playing a lot throughout the the three periods in regulation, but then they're also out there for a couple extra minutes in overtime. And when you just look at how hard those horses have been ridden by Sheldon Keefe here in Toronto, um, it, it seems like maybe towards the, the later stages in games, the stars just, aren't quite as sharp as they should be. Um, and, and it's come back to bite them, especially of late. That That is a conversation that's starting to kind of pop up here in Toronto as well. So it go, you know, the, the pity points, I suppose, are, are okay. And they look nice when you're making the playoffs, when you're not. And it looks, you know, you look at it and you're like, well, if we could have just brought a couple more games to OT, maybe we could have had a shot. I suppose uh, the other side of the coin isn't that much better either. Well, I'm in full full depression mode where I'm looking up 2024 draft prospects, which is not where I thought that we would be as we can start talking about expectations versus reality. And, and Really quickly, really quickly, would this season, the turmoil that you and Pilsy have been through on Locked On Sends, be worth it if they win the lottery and get celebrating? You know what? I don't know if it's even a hot take, but like th- that wouldn't solve their issues. That's the problem. That's the problem. Now, I I obviously would like that, not only for the content aspect of it, but also from the standpoint of just being able to have that excitement that they've won something. Because not only that, but they've also lost a first-round pick along the way with the Evgeny Dadanov situation. So they're going to have to make a decision on that before the draft. It's right after the draft lottery. They have 24 hours to decide whether it's going to be this year that they lose their first-round pick or they can move it down the road to 2025 or 2026. Yeah, it would be great to win the lottery. There's no question about that, Mike. But like, I, I'm even looking, if they get a top five pick, I know at the start of the, the draft, there's a lot of right-shot defensemen. And we're seeing like the, the two lefties on the top pair, it just isn't working. In terms of goals against per 60 minutes, the Senators' top pair of Jacob Chikrin and Thomas Shabbat has allowed the most goals per 60 in the entire National Hockey League. goals per 60 minutes against. It's a complete joke. What are the streets saying about Jacob Chikrin, though? We'll get into that more and more as things go along. Obviously, there was the novelty of coming home, Jacob Chikrin, growing up outside of Ottawa. Someone. I mean, he's from South Florida, but the family has the cottage on uh, the Big Rito, and 
right near near where the senders play, actually. So this guy was in tears after his first home game with Ottawa. He scored a goal. His grandpa was there with the Tim Hortons, the Honey Crueler. He was feeling good, but uh, yeah, his, his name's starting to be bandied about as something where if if it's going to be a move, which honestly just pains me to say because the Sens gave up a first and a second just to get him last spring, you probably want to make that move before the summer if a team can get the cap and the right return because you're going to trade him for two runs at a $4.6 million cap hit. But I don't really want to go there because, I mean, Pierre Dorian, his resume is getting worse and worse by the day. The GM of Ottawa, who was dismissed after the negligence that cost them a, a first-round pick. But look at what he's done with the other first-round picks. Tyler Boucher is to be decided, but everyone had him ranked at the end of the first round. Middle of the second was the range. He steps up, takes him 10th overall. And then in 2022, trades seventh overall to get Alex to bring it. They can't re-sign him. They got to move him. And then they give up the 2022 first round pick 12th overall for Jacob Chikrin. So if you can't keep that as well, like you have to have some sort of assurance that if you're going to move these premium assets, that the player is going to stay. So it's a complete gong show, but uh, the only kind of silver lining is that it's a new management team in Ottawa. I know you and I are both familiar with Dave Poulin, who was brought in as a VP, but Steve Steos is the GM. He's had success at other levels. He's a respected thousand game uh, player himself, and uh, he hasn't made a move yet. The last player move that the Senators made was signing Vladimir Tarasenko in late July. Other than that, they've changed the coach. They just changed the goalie coach. They've changed the GM. So the players are next, and there's going to be changes, and the guys who you think would blow up the core or move it that you would actually consider moving, they're not moving Stutzla. They're not moving Sanderson. They're not moving Kachuk. Outside of that, you're you're moving guys for pennies on the dollar in yeah. Josh Norris, Thomas Shabbat, anyone else. So that's why Jacob Chikrin's name, I think, also keeps coming up, whether or not he re-signs. But he's a guy that has value. And if you're going to make a splash and change things up, you got to be make, making a move that brings something back. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of teams that would still be who were interested a year ago and will still be interested in in maybe bringing in a Jacob Chikrin or, you know, a couple other guys like even, you know, Tarasenko. If you can, if Ottawa eats on that salary, I'm sure there's a lot of teams that will be looking for some secondary scoring come uh, the NHL trade deadline. And look, we're about we're at the midway mark this season. And I think there's a lot of teams that are now trying to figure out, okay, do we need to be, are we leaning buyers or are we leaning sellers? I think Edmonton or uh, Ottawa is at a point where they're probably going to be leaning sellers, which is not where anyone expected them to be. This, they also, uh, they also can't get a save. Like they also can't get a save. I know you're a no. big fan. And again, after paying Corpus Allo, like, do you know what tweet I put out? You'll appreciate this. I put the Spider-Man meme, you know, where they're pointing at each other. It's like, we're the same person. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. You're pointing at Matt Murray. No. Corpus Allo, Matt Murray. No. No, it's Pierre Dorian signing Eunice Corpusalo right before getting fired to a long-term deal and Peter Shirelli signing Miko Koskinen and getting fired the next day. <laughs> the long-term issues that were created with that. He can't I, I, stop I, the puck, dude. I know. I think that's a little... That's that. That's. I know you're an expected goals guy. You're an expected goals guy, oh, right? Me, he's been awful, but like, let's... I would love to go back to your Locked On Senators podcast from July 2nd and see That's what available. you were saying about that deal compared to today. Whereas the Koskinen deal, that day, 
that day everyone was like what the hell is this this yeah, is ridiculous. Fair, fair enough well if yeah and if you look at uh, goals saved above expected um corpus Allo ranks 89th out of 91 goalies that have played a game this year Oof, where's he's allowed 11 and a half more goals than were expected I'm against sure, him in terms sure of quality guy, shots samsonov's uh pretty close he's 91st yeah yeah. <laughs> right at the bottom. Okay, reality versus expectations. That's enough about the Ottawa Senators, those losers that went 0-5-0 on two separate road trips this year. They're, I got a stat for you, actually. I've been holding this one for our next chat. The Senators are 4-13 and on the road this season, but they're 2-0 and in Toronto. Yeah, of course they are. All right, let's take a break. We'll take a break. We'll be back on the other side. Reality versus expectations and the Philadelphia Flyers. They came into Winnipeg and ended a 14-game point streak. They've got four straight wins. Are they for real? Those conversations all coming up on the Locked On NHL podcast, your team, every day. Today's show is brought to you by Sleeper. It's almost the halfway point of the season. Regardless of where you are in the standings, I want to remind you that you can win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey. Because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contest to win 100 times uh, your bet. All you have to do is pick whether studs like McDavid, Crosby, McKinnon, potentially a Timmy Stutzla and Austin Matthews will record more or less than their projected sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, Maybe you want to take the under on Corpus Allo saves, plus, minus, or more in any given game. Once again, to win 100 times your bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying today, playing today, and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for for details and locational availability. All right, welcome back. Locked on NHL. It's your team every day for local experts on the biggest stories. Make sure you subscribe and like every single Locked on NHL show. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day, everything you need to know in 30 minutes or less. And this is one of those times of years where the trade bait boards come out and then we start checking in on all the locked on shows. Okay, who's available? What do we think of this player? And that's the beauty of the show is that we have diehard fans covering each team and they can get you the skinny on what the, the gossip is around town. So more on that. Again, locked on Leafs, locked on Senators, locked on to your favorite team. Reality versus expectations. It's always a fun topic, and we get to the halfway mark. And Ottawa's not not there. I know we already covered them, but it's like they've only played 39 games. It's absolutely absurd. The other teams have played 44 around the Eastern Conference. But let's start with the Toronto Maple Leafs. 21-13-8. They've lost four in a row. Like, where are you at with the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah, I think if you look at where what expectations were uh, coming into the year, I think they've definitely have performed below them 
I think that this is a team that I anticipated being much closer to the top of the Atlantic division. Um, and currently they're 11 points out with just one game in hand. So they had a couple games in hand at one point, but they've squandered that by, you know, consistently losing hockey games. It's been one of the most inconsistent teams that Toronto's had in quite some time. Uh, you know, whether it's goaltending doesn't show up one day or they're not getting proper defending or, you know, the offense becomes a no-show and guys like, you know, Marner or Nylander, Tavares has one point at five on five in his last 14 games, Ross. One point in 14 games. That guy makes $11 million. Um, it's been incredibly inconsistent and it's been a frustrating season for a lot of Leaf fans. And, you know, we did our mid-season grades on the Lockdown Leafs podcast and I gave the, the Leafs a C compared to how I think they should be performing and where they should be at. And, hey, I don't think it's a guarantee this team makes the playoffs. I really, really don't. If they continue down the path that they are playing, it's no guarantee that they do make the postseason. They're only one point up on the Red Wings. They're only one point up on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yes, they have a game or two in hand on those squads. But as Toronto has shown of late, they're not making up points in those games in hand. They're, in fact, losing those and losing ground and losing coverage quick so unless Toronto in the second half of the season really starts to uh to buckle down and play the way that they need to eh, man it's gonna be an uncomfortable back half of the year for Leaf fans and Leaf players hopefully feel that heat too and start to play now that we've got our teams that we cover out of the way let's start at the top of the conference it's the Boston Bruins 26 8 and 9 more overtime and shootout losses than in regulation 61 points. They're a team that just hits you in a bunch of different ways. And the nights that they're off, they've got the best goalie tandem in the league with Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman has grabbed the bull by the horn. Swayman playing a lot more as of late. They've exceeded my expectations. Everybody coming into the year, it was just, how is Morgan Geeky going to step up? Pavel Zaka, like that's your depth down the middle. And sure enough, they've been Solid. Like uh, Neither of them are all-star caliber players this year, but both of them have had their moments where they're contributing members and Charlie Coyle stepped up and all these guys. Like, There's just a culture in Boston and that culture is we win and we win. And that's what they're doing as well. Yeah, and they're having a a good bounce-back season from a couple of their players as well. Uh, I'm blanking. DeBrusque. DeBrusque is having a really good bounce-back year for them. Rescinded his trade requests, wants to stick around in Boston. He's been a big part of that team's success this year, obviously. But you know what? Ultimately, and you know, shame on me for not really putting as much stock into this as I should. Yes, they lost, you know, David Krejci. Yes, they lost Patrice Bergeron, two of their, you know, their two top centermen and two of their top players over the course of the last 10, 15 years. But ultimately, like the team's bread and butter has always been defending and good goaltending. And they still had that, right? So maybe we sh- we shouldn't have thought that. And, and I'll take it. Like I Pick this team at best a wild card team at best, and clearly they're going to roll and, and probably win the division title again. Uh, Should have given them a little bit more credit for the fact that they're still a really really good blue line. They've got the best goalie tandem in the NHL. They know how to win games three one three two two one, and they should be okay because they still also had David Pasternak, who's capable of scoring sixty goals. So. In hindsight, maybe we shouldn't have thought that they were going to take as big a step back. Uh, but I think still, when you look at how they're performing relative to expectations, 
they're still very much exceeding where I think we all thought they'd be. They have allowed only 113 goals in 43 games. They score well over three, almost three and a half goals a game. And as you mentioned, David Pasternak, third in the National Hockey League with 61 points, 26 goals at the time of this recording. Second place in the division, four points back, and they've played the same number of games is the red-hot Florida Panthers. Last week, we were lauding their win streak and talking about how they're just a bunch of bullies out there. They'll beat you up and they'll beat you on the scoreboard. They're getting good goaltending. They're getting amazing contributions from Matthew Kachuk after a slow start for him. This Sam team is... Reinhardt just can't Sam Reinhardt just can Sam Reinhardt. Unbelievable. <laughs> He's shooting two goals. 32 goals. 28% of his shots go in the back of the net. So is that sustainable? Looks like it right now. Um, they're a wagon, and, and to me, they could be challenging for the division title. 100%. It's another team that's performing higher than expectation. I did think that they would be a competitive team. Don't get me wrong. It's a squad that did go to the Stanley Cup. However, if you recall, at the beginning of the year, similar to the conversations around Boston a year ago, they were going to be without Aaron Eckblad for the first two months of the season. They were going to be without Brandon Montour for the first two months of the season. They weathered the storm, and they were able to get through it, pick up points, and stay within range of that division title. And then once everyone got healthy and everyone got their legs underneath them, since Christmas onward, they've been one of the best teams in hockey in the, in the NHL. And uh, I think they just lost the other night in overtime, but they had an eight-game winning streak going prior to that. This is... A really, really good team, man. And and if we're talking about clubs that, you know, should be buyers at the deadline and look to add to this group, oh, yeah, I think the Florida Panthers will be looking to add for sure and try and make a second straight trip to a Stanley Cup final. What about the Detroit Red Wings? They're an interesting team for me. 22-16-5. They have 49 points, one point out, as you mentioned earlier, of the Toronto Maple Leafs in that top three coveted spot in the division. Ooh. They're as streaky as they come. They've had some stretches where they look great. They've had some stretches where they look horrible. And is is the truth somewhere in the middle? Yeah, but I think that's what we kind of expected of the Detroit Red Wings. They're, they're pretty much performing to where I thought they would. It's going to be a club that, you know, can win some games if they get, you know, uh, the right amount of offense. They added a guy like Alex DeBrinkett, who's leading the way. He's got leads the team with 40 points, leads the team with 17 goals, uh, 23 assists too. So he's right now like a triple crown winner for the uh, the Detroit Red Wings. So he is adding that offense that we thought would give them a chance to win. They're getting some good goaltending right now from Alex Lyon, but ultimately it's a team that we figured is going to be competing for a wild card spot. They're going to be a squad that either is going to just reach the playoffs and just kind of limp in there and, and win one of those final spots or be on the outside looking in. And that's pretty much where they're at right now. So I think the Detroit Red Wings, like they're for real. They are who they we thought they were, kind of a, a middling team that will compete for a wild card spot. I was probably a little low on them. I thought they were further back than Buffalo and Ottawa. So I got to take my L on that one. But there was a stretch there where Detroit was 2-8-1, and one, and then they turn around and go 6-1-1. One, and one. So I think the rest of this month, they've got some heavy-hitting opponents coming up. And I'm going to be curious to see where they're at at the end of February because Stevie Y, he's going to be patient. He's not going to just buy for the sake of buying. But I'm curious if he wants to you know, congratulate his team for the good effort if they're top three in the division and maybe bring in one extra body to help out. So we'll see what that happens with the Detroit Red Wings as things go on. As things go on on this show, we still have a couple uh, Atlantic Division teams and then the Metropolitan to get to expectations versus reality. This is the Locked On NHL podcast, your team every day.
Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. The passion, the drive, and the patience. What bring home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. All right, welcome back. Locked on NHL. It's your team every day. I'm Ross Levitan. You can find me at Locked on Senators. Mike DiStefano from Locked on Maple Leafs is here. And the Buffalo Sabres are there at the bottom with the Ottawa Senators at the bottom of the Atlantic Division. They're a team where the goaltending was questionable going into the year. Devin Levi has some great potential. Way too much to ask of him to be an everyday starter. But their problems, like Ottawa, it almost feels like it's a culture thing where it's like you can make all the changes, but if you just have a losing culture, at the end of the day, you're going to find yourself trickling down the standings. It's perplexing. This is the team that I was the highest on. Like when we talked about those groups who were in the middle of the pack, the Buffaloes, the Detroits, and the Senators, this was the the team that I did think was going to take that next step and be a playoff team when all said and done. We saw a lot of really good strides that this group took last year with their young core. Dylan Cousins had a great year. Tage Thompson ripped off close to 50 goals. Actually, he may have scored 50 goals, if I'm not mistaken. If not, got very close to it. Uh, you knew J.J. Paterka was coming in this year, a good young player. And then it, they, were, they re-signed Rasmus Dahlin. They brought in you know some other pieces defensively to try and help this group out Owen Power an extra year into the league. Um, so you kind of thought, okay, maybe this is the season that this team takes that next step. And that just has not been the case. They have not been able to replicate a lot of that same success that they had a year ago. Tage Thompson, I mean, he's had injury issues. He's missed 10 games this year, but sitting on just 14 goals. Dylan Cousins had an amazing season last year. He's got just 22 points in 42 games, still sitting at just seven goals himself. So you're not getting a whole lot from these guys. Peyton Krebs was supposed to come in and hopefully add some secondary scoring. He's got just seven points through 40 two games this year. So they're just not getting anything from, from a lot of these guys lower in the lineup. And uh, outside of like Jeff Skinner, Casey Middlestad is maybe the biggest positive. He's finally broken out and he's having a great season for the Sabres. He's got 38 points in 44 games. Not sure how many people saw that coming at the beginning of the year, but as a team, they've been a big time disappointment for me. There's still some great future days ahead for Buffalo, though. Look at Zach Benson making the team as an 18-year-old. And then they've got those two first overall picks on the back end, Owen Power and Rasmus Dahlin. So if they can get goaltending and, you know, more consistency, really, from other parts of their lineup, they could be a team next year that we're watching. Let's get to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning here as we got to roll through the Metropolitan Division as well. 22-17-5, like Nikita Kucherov just doing his thing. Always. Right at the top of the leaderboard, tied with Nate McKinnon, 
72 points on the year. Somehow he has 72 points and he's a minus player, which is a little surprising to me. Where are you at with Tampa? You think they're going to make the playoffs? I do. I think this is a squad that'll end up kind of scraping their way through. Keep on, no loss Vasilevsky for the first half of, uh, well, first two months of the year. So, so I think this is a club that'll definitely figure it out and they'll, they'll, they'll find their way into a playoff spot. Definitely. The defending is definitely a question mark for them, though. I think that's probably why you're looking at Kucherov and why he's a minus player, despite, you know, 72 points. But ultimately, with uh, with with Vasilevsky back and hopefully he can get back to being the the boogeyman that he is, I think they'll be they'll be fine. And then the, the Montreal Canadiens, 18, 18, and 7. Like, I'd say exceeded expectations a little yeah. bit, but at the same time, they've got a minus 28 goal differential. So I think for Habs fans, it's kind of a good sign where it's like, look, they're going to work. They're going to try. They've got great goaltending. I'd say impressive goaltending from Montembeau, who they re-signed, and from Jake Allen to a lesser extent. And then you're just hoping that Slavkovsky can continue to develop. He's had, had some more moments this year than he had last year, and Cole Caulfield had that slump, but he looks like he's back. So, I mean, a high pick is is the goal for the season for Montreal, and they're at least getting some some good efforts to keep their fans, you know, not happy, but they understand the process, and they're starting to see individual players come through. Yeah, I, I would say that they are above expectations. I think that they're they're performing slightly above expectations, despite the losses and the the, the final scores. They're competing, and you know you, you do like to see that from a young group. So I, I, I think Montreal's in a good spot. To the Metropolitan Division we go, and let's start at the top. The New York Rangers are New York Rangers, one of my betting favorites. And look, they're having a great year. The, the guy who I thought was going to really help them, Blake Wheeler, hasn't so much, although he did have two goals last yeah. night to bring his total from five to seven on the season. But their <laughs> top dogs have been just that. And finally, Alexi Lafreniere has come out of his shell. He's looking more confident. And I think this is a team that they're going to be reckoned with in the playoffs. I know they had that disappointing after they won the first two games against the Devils. They then just lost the way. But uh, they're going to be a team come come April, come May, that, uh, that I'm putting a future on to win the Cup. Yeah, it's a good team. Like top to bottom, they, they they can run all four lines. They've got three solid deep pairs. They've got size. They've got skill. They've got grit. And they've got one of, if not the best goaltender on the planet, and Igor Shosturkin, um, who is finally starting to kind of look like the Igor of old uh, at this point in the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, I'm, I'm big on the Rangers. Uh, I guess we could say they're performing to expectation, but we expected them to be one of the best teams in the NHL. So still a positive. It certainly is. To the Philadelphia Flyers, who sit second in the Metropolitan Division, they add Jamie Drysdale. He's been out with the illness for two games, and the, this team, the, they just look unreal. Like They they work hard, and Torts just has that attitude where it's like, no, we're going to suck. Like It's almost like he tells his team and challenges them, being like, everyone thinks we suck. Everyone thinks we're going to be a lottery team, and he's got that us-against-the-world mentality, and it's working, man. And I'm excited to see what Danny Briere does next, because I really like that Drysdale move for now and in the future. I think yeah. that this this Flyers team looks like they're trending in the right direction. And and the fact that Cutter Gauthier didn't want to play there has like galvanized Flyers fans as well as it's like us versus the world mentality that, that the players have. And I think they're legit contenders. I'll just say it right now. I, I wouldn't want to play them in the first round of the playoffs. Whoa. Carter Hart looks great. 
Yeah, yeah, they, he does. He looks really good. I don't know if I'm I'm ready to say they're legit contenders. Will they make the playoffs? I think there's a strong possibility. They've got a pretty good lead right now. Um, when you look at it, like they're what six points in a couple games in hand, I suppose. Or now, no, the Penguins have a couple games in hand, and the Capitals. Not worried about the Penguins. I don't know, man. I, I I still need to see a little bit more out of his Philadelphia Flyers. I know. At this point in the year, you, you know you should feel more comfortable with them. But for me, I'm just not. I'm not ready to go there yet. It just. It still baffles me. The roster to me still doesn't scream. Hey, we're top dog in the East. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, but the play does. The the play does. But can they sustain it for 82 and then into a playoffs? That I'm. I'm not so sure. We'll see. My my most curious team at the deadlines are, are Detroit and Philly because they're teams yeah. that have already succeeded expectations, exceeded, I should say. But they're also teams like if they could go out and get like a little extra star power, I think that could really help. I mean, Detroit probably got that star power with Patrick Kane, but even another, you know, secondary piece I think would help. But Philly, man, you got to be happy if you're a Philadelphia Flyers fan. And I'm sure Locked On Flyers are real fired up about the way that they're playing right now, For especially... 14. 14, six and four on the road too. Yeah. Like that's including, that's, they just came into Winnipeg and ended their 14 game point streak. They had eight wins in a row. They shut them out two nothing. Like they played yeah, a real stuff. It's impressive it, stuff. Court's got that team going. That's for sure. It really is. They're one point ahead of the Carolina hurricanes right now. The hurricanes they're back. They had that little falter in the middle of their schedule. And now they're seven, two and one in their last 10 games. And like, they're just a wagon. Like, do you think they even need to add anything? Um, they could probably always use like another, another offensive weapon. I think like that, that's what this team is always kind of in need of. And I mean, obviously if they could add a guy like a stud goaltender, but those just aren't out there at this point, maybe a Mark Andre flurry. That is actually a conversation that could be had. Uh, but definitely like this team is always, always prepared and, they got out to a little bit of a, a speed bump to start the season. Injuries derailed them. They weren't playing well, but they've since dialed it in. And, and they're, again, one of the, the cream of the crop here in the East. And certainly, uh, you know, they, they've got their sights set again on a potential division crown. They're only four points. No, what are they now? Five points away from New York. They could still catch them. So my most interesting uh, player available that we've heard in the rumor mill is Jake Gensel, pending UFA, making $6 million, but he's also leading the Pittsburgh Penguins with 46 points in 42 games. He looks great. I mean, how many guys has Sid made look great? Lots of them, but Gensel's obviously got some skill with himself. Pittsburgh, they're 6-2-2 two, and two in their last 10 games. They're right on that cusp, 48 points. They're going to be in the wild card mix in the Eastern Conference. They're tied with with the Washington Capitals. Like that to me, super interesting. Identical records for those two teams. Look at the difference in goal differential between the two teams, despite the identical records, though. Penguins plus 16, caps minus 24. And that's with getting all-star worthy goaltending from Charlie Lindgren over the past like month from the caps. They're still negative 24. They can't score. They just cannot score. And ironically, they're a team that's always been a goal-scoring offensive type team with Alex Ovechkin, and it just has not been the case for the Washington Capitals. Pittsburgh, yeah, they they have the better underlying numbers, but I don't know. I just I've never trusted Tristan Yari. 
Uh, he's obviously had some great games this year, but uh, when the chips come down, I think we might be seeing four, if not five teams from the uh, the Atlantic division making playoffs. They have two more goals than the, than the Chicago Blackhawks do. Just put that in perspective. Washington. Washington, yeah. Yeah. That's, That's And their power play is like dead last in the league. Yeah. Yeah. And Philly's power play is 31st, which makes no sense with how much success they're having. Hockey, man. Hockey's a strange sport sometimes. You think the uh, New Jersey Devils can make a bit of a push here? Because I know that they're they're forty seven points, but right now four to seven is separated by one point. Like that, there's there's a log jam right now in the Metropolitan. Yeah, and they're the team with a game or two in hand on a couple of these squads. I, I do like eventually. There's just too much talent. I, I think that they are going to end up going uh, up the rankings here. And again, if if it's the Flyers who end up falling out of it, I think the Capitals probably end up falling out of it. I don't trust that team. And then on the other side of things, like, are, is Detroit for real? Can they keep it up? So there's there's an opportunity for the Devils to go on a run and you know put themselves back in a position to to get into the playoffs. I think Timo Meyer is returning to the lineup. Um, hopefully they can get some sort of replacement for Dougie Hamilton at the deadline to replace that loss that you know, has been there now for, for a month and a bit. So it's been a weird year for this team. Lots of injuries. Obviously, they've had to overcome and, and god-awful goaltending. But ultimately, I do think this is still going to end up being a, a playoff team when all said and done. They've got to be kicking themselves that they didn't pull the trigger for Connor Hellebuck, whatever the cost was, man. Dude, Hellebuck's yeah. allowed two or less goals in 19 of his 20 starts. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. And I mean... Maybe they're a squad that's interested in Mark Andre Fleury. Bring him to uh, to to Jersey, but potentially or wow, maybe Markstrom. Interesting. I don't have much to say about the New York Islanders. I watched them last night. They were here. I'm living in Winnipeg. They played there. They, it was okay. Like they're just the definition of mediocrity to me. The Islanders. Islanders. Yeah. They always kind of have been right. Like they've they've been that team that you've wanted. Like this is what how I feel about. How I felt about the Islanders for the past few years is how I feel about Philadelphia right now. Like for years, the Islanders were kind of a team where you're like, they're exceeding expectations. They shouldn't be this good, but they're getting saves from their goalie and they're picking up points. And that's why they're a playoff team every year, but they're not that great of a team. I feel same with thing with Philadelphia this year. It feels like it's finally fallen off for the Islanders. Like Sorokin, has been like a 900 goalie instead of a 930 save percentage goalie. And now the true colors are starting to show. And, and this team just can't score enough goals to, uh, to, to, to win games. If Sorokin's allowing three or four a night, which he kind of has been doing for a lot of the portions of the season. Interesting times ahead and power rankings follows tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's the Locked On NHL podcast. You can like, subscribe wherever you get your shows and make sure you give our local experts a uh, follow and a subscription wherever you get podcasts. Just no love for Columbus, eh? Just a disappointing franchise. Their coaching is making me so mad right now. They've moved Adam Fantilli to the wing. They're a team that just has no hope, but a ton of prospects. So I guess that is hope, but no immediate hope. Nothing's helping. 14 wins in 44 games. They are. And, and Merzlikens wants out, but who yeah. the hell wants to take on that contract? Nobody. That's a, that's a bigger albatross than the one you got sitting in uh, Ottawa with. Uh, with Former Blue Jacket. Former Blue Jacket. <laughs> exactly. 
seen that movie before. All right. More on Locked On Blue Jackets. And we'll cover Columbus next week, I promise you, here on the Eastern Conference Edition. We'll dive into a few more of these teams a little bit deeper. We want to do a quick overview of the entire conference. A lot to bite off, but hope you enjoyed. And for more details on each team, make sure you're locked on to your team's podcast wherever you get yours. For Mike DiStefano, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been another edition of the Eastern Conference on the Locked On NHL podcast, your team every day.